Hello and welcome to Not That Anybody Asked. Since the last time I recorded, my husband came home from being gone for almost two months and it's been really fun, but as always, it's kind of an adjustment getting back into co-parenting with somebody. I'm a very controlling person just by nature, so it's particularly difficult for me to give up control after being the sole control person for so long. But we're figuring out the new rhythm and it's always fantastic to have him home because why would I not want to have him home? Also, the people that listen to my podcast is a lot smaller audience than my TikTok or Instagram. So I'm going to let you guys in on some like not secrets that sounds really dramatic, but kind of the reason why this last little push of him being gone was so difficult. If you guys don't know what my husband's job is, he is in the infantry in the Marine Corps and he has gone on two deployments and he was gearing up to go on his third. That's why he's been gone so much is he's been basically doing like field ops with the ship that he was supposed to be on. And I want to say March is when this all started. He started going to physical therapy for his shoulder because he was having a lot of shoulder pain and he was trying to get it figured out because he had a little break that month. And basically, they couldn't figure out what the problem was. Physical therapy was just making it worse. So the doctors ordered an MRI for him. Very, very, very long story short, he has a tear in his labrum. He has a tear in his supraspinatus, which is another little muscle in there. And I'm pretty sure he also has a partial tear in his rotator cuff. I can't really remember all of the specifics. So he needs surgery to fix that. So he was taken off this deployment, which that was not the goal when he was going into physical therapy. He didn't expect this to be the outcome. But he does get out of the military in a little over a year. So we're really glad that this was the outcome and that he can get this fixed before he gets out instead of going on the deployment, potentially hurting himself more and kind of prolonging all of this, especially because the transition out of the military is kind of a difficult one. So we're really glad it's getting taken care of. He'll obviously have a long road of recovery and he'll be recovering from kind of intense shoulder surgery for several months. So again, not an amazing outcome, but a good timing, I guess, of an outcome. So that's kind of the insider tea. I haven't really talked about it on any other platform just because we didn't really know what was going on, but that's what's going on. In other news, my daughter drew her first stick figure the other day, so that was really cute. It was of me, and it was a little insulting, I won't lie. I kind of looked like the mom off of the Robots movie, like the crazy evil one. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when she showed me. I was like, oh, love that. Thanks, sis. I also have this brand new dream of being a flower farmer. I posted a TikTok about it today. I saw this girl, I can't, I think her name is Jess, and she has a sustainability TikTok, and one of her biggest videos that blow up every time she talks about it is that her mom started farming flowers to prepare for her wedding, prepare for Jess's wedding. And she just like created this whole business on local flowers. So now I want to make a business um, being a flower farmer for local flowers. A lot of flowers are imported from South America and it's just very nice to have it be local, obviously for a lot of reasons. So yeah, now I'm in my flower farmer era and I'm like trying to map out how I can get bigger beds in my backyard to, I guess, open a flower farm business. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, I guess. Um, I don't really know if that will ever come to anything now. But I will keep it in the back of the noggin for in a few years whenever we have more land. This week's quote from Instagram is from For the Love of Homeschooling. Because if you didn't read the title, this week's topic is homeschooling. It says children learn from anything and everything they see. They learn wherever they are, not just special learning places. 
And that quote is by John Holt, but like I said, it was posted on the For the Love of Homeschooling page. I love that. It's great. Even if you send your kids to public school and this is not a topic for you, I think that's still a great thing to live by, just knowing that your kids learn everywhere they are, not just in school. I'm going to start this with a disclaimer because, again, this can be kind of a sensitive topic to people if they're feeling defensive or if they feel like on the fence about something and they don't want to be on the fence. Um, I don't care what you do. Um, I do not care how you school your children. Um, I am not a mom shamer. And um, yeah, this is quite literally just me sharing my opinion and giving those who want to know more, more information. Um, Again, I do not care how you choose to school your children. I pinky promise that I do not stay up at night um, concerned about other people not homeschooling their kids. Now that that's out of the way, let's go into the main reasons why people homeschool. I googled why do people homeschool. A lot of my information is just straight from Google because it actually does often have good things. Contrary to what our high school English and science teachers would tell us that Google can't be trusted, it actually does have some pretty good information sometimes. So the number one thing was distrust of the government. I'm not going to speak too much on that because I don't get like too um, dicey up in here about stuff like that. Um, But that was number one. Number two was seeing it as a waste of time. And by this, it just means that you do not need eight hours a day to do the things that the teachers are teaching them. Like their lesson plan is not eight hours worth of lessons. Like a waste of physical time, not like a tangible, emotional waste of time, but a physical waste of time. Other big reasons were religion and safety. I feel like the safety one is very big nowadays because I do not need to tell you what goes on in schools. Other ones are opportunities and parents' jobs. There are a lot of military people that homeschool their kids because they know they're only going to be living somewhere for three years. So they're like, why would I send my kid to a public school, get them all like ingrained in the culture of that school to just pull them out? Let me tell you my specific whys. And I don't really hear this as people's whys a lot of the time, but this is mine. Obviously, the safety is a big one for me because it terrifies me to send children to public school now in America. But my literal number one reason is because when I was in high school, I was dual enrolled in a lot of classes. So there were several classes I took that I also took for college credit. I want to say I graduated with like 15 or 20 credit hours towards college. I can't remember off the top of my head. My mom would know. So if you're listening, I know you know exactly the number, mom. But the really cool thing is that if I would have been homeschooled, I could dual enroll in a community college and go to, you know, algebra in a community college and I would be getting my high school and my college credit at the exact same time. So I could have graduated high school with nearly an associate, if not a full associate. I'm not saying my goal is to send my kids to college as soon as I don't know how to teach a math subject, but the option is there for me. A lot of times they just have to take a placement test in order to kind of prove to the college they are able to know what they're doing. And often if you can just prove that you're in a homeschool school, then you can dual enroll. And another kind of lump onto that is that the opportunities for jobs outside of typical high school jobs is much more vast. For an example, if my daughter said, hey, I want to be a lawyer when I grow up, I would say, okay, go see if you can at 16, you know, when it's legal, go get a job at a lawyer's office as just a receptionist or something very, very low on the totem pole and start networking yourself and see if that's something that you actually want to do. And if it is, you've already made a bunch of connections. But jobs like that are only open when kids are in school during school hours. Again, I don't want them to go and start working a nine to five at 16, but they could go part time somewhere maybe during the day, see, you know, what's out there for them and still have more than enough time to do school because the flexibility of the schedule is the number one perk. 
Also, my husband's job when he gets out of the military has potential to be, you know, something that takes him far away sometimes. And if we homeschool the kids, we can go with him. Obviously, when we get there, he has to work, but we can still go and be a family unit wherever he needs to go for a job. He also rides motocross and my son will probably also ride motocross and there are tracks all over the country that my husband wants to go to. And this way we can go anytime we want. Anytime he has the availability to take off work, I will have the availability to take my kids and go take school on the road. This is definitely not a decision I took lightly. Whenever I was looking into homeschooling, I looked at a lot of resources and I talked to a lot of people I know and I talked to my husband a lot because at the end of the day, if he does not support me in this, then I can't do it. I'm not even talking financially. I mean, emotionally and mentally, I can't do this by myself. I mean, I can, I, I could, but I, I don't want to. <laughs> So the first thing I did when I was looking up homeschooling stuff was how do I do it? And the thing I kept seeing over and over again was to pick a style. And you're probably thinking, what the heck do you mean a style? Is there a style of schooling? Yes, of course there is. I did a little bit of research. Again, this was straight from Google, like an article I read off of Google. I can't remember what the actual website was called. But here are four styles I picked to kind of dive a little deeper into to just show you the differences of styles. A big one that I'm sure everyone knows is Montessori. I love Montessori. I do not go as hard in Montessori as a lot of people do, but I definitely lean that way. Montessori is mostly just self-motivation, teaching your kids normal adult things in a kid way, if that makes any sense. So for example, if I were to, you know, come out in the morning and my daughter says, mom, I'm hungry. I'd say, okay, you know where all your stuff is. Go get it. It's not mean. That sounded kind of mean, but it's like giving them the tools to do something and then letting them do it on their own and figure it out promoting the freedom to explore things in a way that is safe for them. The goal of it is to nurture the child's desire of learning and knowledge and understanding. Just very, very self-motivated. Again, I love this style if I'm being honest. There are many things in it that I cannot subscribe to and that's okay. Life is not all or nothing. Another very big style is the Charlotte Mason method. It's not a method. I don't know why I said that, but it's the Charlotte Mason way. Charlotte Mason is very heavy on reading and learning from characters in living books instead of textbooks. It's very music and nature, art and crafts, journal heavy. Typically a lot of writing, a lot of reading, a lot of just immersing yourself in a living book. Very literature-based learning. Not really the same, but kind of the same vibe is Waldorf. Jeez. Waldorf is kind of like unschooling if I'm being honest but just a little more nature-based and like very heavily nature-based it kind of gives like fairy mythical in the woods you know like let's not come inside when it's raining there's no bad weather only bad clothes arts are in all your academics very child-centered developmentally appropriate experimental academically rigorous and the last one I'm going to talk about right now is unschooling I know I know hold your horses unschooling is really not as crazy as you would think and again everything can be done in a moderation because I feel like I take an unschooling approach plus kind of traditional school unschooling is basically relying on the innate curiosity and desire to learn of children natural life experiences play when I picture unschooling I picture like a bunch of kids with no shoes on in a creek bed but like in the best way not in like a they're feral way but in a they're just learning and exploring and doing the best they can kind of way and the mom just like sitting on the edge and one of them asks about frogs and the life cycle and she's like oh let me tell you and now the kid wants to just learn everything they can about frogs that is unschooling in my brain I feel like this is an approach I typically take but then I will go kind of the traditional route and print off worksheets or 
give them a book or something like that about the topic they're interested in. Because I love a worksheet, if I'm being honest. I did a little Q&A thing on my Instagram about homeschooling questions, so I'm going to go through some of those. The first one was, did you get any books or did you just research? And no, I did not get any books. I probably will whenever I pick a style more decidedly, but I have yet to buy a book. Like I said, I started with the styles and what approach I wanted to take. I printed off cute little like counting worksheets and things with my kids' names on them. But the beauty of this is that I can change as my kids' learning changes. My kids are only four and not even three, so they're definitely not concrete in their learning style yet. So as they age, I can change my approach. Another question was, what do you do if they're acting silly? And again, let's be reminded, my kids are four and not even three. So I am not teaching them algebra right now. So to be completely transparent, if they're acting silly, I try and have them just finish whatever they were currently doing. So if they're writing letters or if she was coloring something in, I just try and get her to focus long enough to finish that task and then we're done. I'm taking a very low pressure approach on this because I want to teach them that learning new things is fun and not a daunting, you have to sit down task. They have a lot of time to learn these things and it just isn't that important right now and I'm not gonna make them stop doing something fun to learn how to write their letters perfectly. Next question is, are you nervous about missed social experiences because I am? Hard no. Absolutely not. I truly think that homeschooling is all that you make of it. So if you keep your kids at home nonstop and they're missing just social things in general, that's on you. There are club sports they can play as they get older so they still have the team experience. Depending on the state, you can also participate in your high school sports being homeschooled. So whatever district you live in for that high school, you can go play sports there. Again, you would have to look up your specific county and your rules for your state, but a lot of states practice that. The homeschooled kids will just come after school to practices or to tryouts. And as for like dances and prom, a lot of places have homeschool co-ops or groups that have their own dances. I saw several homeschool groups on TikTok this past prom season posting about their prom. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm actually more excited for their social experiences not being in a public school setting. Because if we're going to talk social competence and social awareness... What does sitting in a classroom where you can't even speak to other students really provide you besides just like sitting down and shutting up? I know that that was not the point of this question. I know it was talking more about, you know, like the, the actual social things of school. But my kids will never know what it's like to just like sit at a desk and like be quiet for several hours a day. And that's kind of fine with me. This next one is kind of a lot, so I'm going to try and answer it as best as I can. But also let's revert back that my kids are not even preschool aged or just barely preschool age, and this is talking about high school. It says, how do children have less rigid environment but also still learn what a typical high school kid will? I kind of touched on this when I was talking about why I went to homeschool. There are like a million graphics of how many hours a day each age group should spend quote-unquote schooling. And I want to say by high school, it's still only like three or four hours a day max. And that isn't even every day. That's just the average. So how will they learn like a normal high school kid in a school? You outsource it or, you know, you can have study groups with other homeschool kids where a parent teaches one section or one, you know, subject, another one teaches another. You can go to a community college and get college credit for a class you're taking in high school. There are actually a lot of options and a lot of things that people don't tell you that you kind of have to figure out on your own for your specific area and your state's legislature. But there truly are so many more options than you could even imagine. 
last question because it's actually kind of funny. How do I do this when they're both awake? And my friends, that is the one and only, okay, not one and only, that's a little dramatic. That is one of the main perks of my kids being so close in age. Off topic, but I am just now reaping the benefits of having my kids only 18 months apart. They love to do stuff together. They want to be involved in each other's stuff. So if I'm trying to teach my daughter a certain way of counting or if we're working on counting, I usually print off a second sheet for my son and he'll sit next to me and color it or I will, you know, do it alongside with him, but he just can't, he's a little younger, so he can't like grasp everything, but he is right there with us the entire time. One of my friends has two kids that she's planning to homeschool as well and her kids have a little bit of a bigger gap and she honestly has always done the same thing. Like her oldest will be doing something and she either has another activity for her youngest a little more geared towards him or she'll do the same activity but help out the younger a little more. And if the older one needs more help, then she just kind of shifts her attention. It's a little bit of a balancing act, but it's not impossible, especially as they get older. I feel like once the younger one starts to want to do stuff, it gets easier. I just always try and find activities that will benefit the both of them, even if they're not reaching the same goal, if that makes any sense. So again, with the counting thing, if we're counting raindrops on a sheet with my daughter, who's almost four and a half, my son will just be coloring them in and I'll tell him, oh, color this section blue or this section purple. So he's doing color recognition. He's working on fine motor skills. He's not learning how to count things like she is because he's not there yet, but he's just doing his own thing. I'm going to kind of round this out with some homeschool curriculums to potentially look at if you're interested in that. I have not bought a single piece of curriculum for my kids yet. Mine has always just been the unschooling approach. I do love a worksheet because my kids love to color. I also am not doing this for religious reasons, so the curriculum I want for my kids is going to have to be secular, or at least very easily removing of the religious aspects of things. If you're looking for some religious curriculum, The Good and the Beautiful is a very popular one. Another one I don't actually know how to pronounce. I think it's Abeka or Abika. I don't really know how it's pronounced, but I know a few people that use it and they love it. Peaceful Press is another one I'm pretty sure is religious, but it's very easy to pull the religious stuff out. My friend and I were actually talking about this exact topic the other day, so here are some suggestions I got on my Instagram. I asked for secular homeschool curriculums, and this is what I got. Kate Snow, Math with Confidence, Moving Beyond the Page. Torchlight, I got recommended a few times. Blossom and Root, Build Your Library. History Quest and Curiosity Chronicles treehouse schoolhouse and magic of math i have barely looked into any of these <laughs> these are just suggestions i've recently gotten and that i will be saving for the future to kind of round this out i just want to reiterate that i don't care if you homeschool your kids i really really don't i know that this is not attainable for everybody and not everybody even wants to do this it takes a mix of a lot of things in your life to have this be an option that you're even thinking about for me, this is very exciting, and for our family, this is what works for us and I hope will continue to work. There are a million different resources. There are so many co-ops. There are just, there's a lot of information out there on homeschooling, so if you were wanting to look into it and you don't know where to start, I hope that this helped a little bit, maybe to just like give your little brain something to turn on. But that's going to be it for this week, and I just thank you so much for listening. If you want to give the podcast a rating and review, it really helps me out. You can also find it on Instagram at not that anybody asked podcast and on TikTok at not that anybody asked. My personals are at Katarina Strode, and if you have any questions about anything I said or want to know a resource, feel free to DM me on either the podcast page or my personal. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting, and I will talk to you later.